دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Iran's first action since the year 2019. Welcome back to another edition of Gold Bazan, guys. I'm the host for this particular episode, Samson Temajani, usually behind the screen of the editing. Today, the guys have brought me on as hosting. I'm joined by Arya Alaverdi and Pejman Pars. Thanks for having us on. Hi, Samson and Arya. I'm looking forward to talk to you guys. We would be talking about both Uzbekistan and Mali. However, the latter of those two did not even happen. Arya, what info can you provide us on just what went wrong? Well, the the Mali game uh, got cancelled, of course, for coronavirus uh, outbreak within the squad. Uh, initially, there was uh, four players who caught it, um, tested positive two days before the game. Then Iran had to fly to Turkey anyway because the camp was set up. They flew over. The camp was was fine. They tested uh, negative. The Iran team tested negative. But the Mali team seemed to have tested negative in the morning, but they apparently had some uh, other results that came in and then they tested positive. Two more players tested positive and then the match got cancelled next morning. So, yeah, it's a shame. But, you know, they, they had to get a job done. You know, they had to play against Uzbekistan and that happened. So, yeah. Yeah, And before we move we move to the action that did happen with Uzbekistan, uh, Pejman, I mean, how how much of a downer is that for the growth and experience of those players not getting a chance to play against uh, a skilled African team who had just beaten Ghana 3-0? And it's a good question uh, because due to the coronavirus, this was like the first Iranian national team in a very, very, very long time. Uh, so it was not important just only for the players, but especially for the coach. It is what it is, you know. Uh, this is bad for Mali as well. We, may, we must not forget that. That's, I don't think that they wanted to cancel the game either, but, you know, due to uh, precaution, you know, being careful, that was a, probably the right move to do. But it was maybe bad for the players that didn't have enough time or didn't play at all versus Uzbekistan and had their moment or time to really show themselves uh, on the pitch now they they lost that chance so it made things quite difficult for those players and this this was Dragan Skosic's uh, first match if you can believe in charge of Team Mili after being hired uh, what feels like a long time ago and he did mix it up with the lineup as one usually would for a friendly it was uh, Niazmand in goal his first start I believe guys uh, for Team Mili he he had participated in camps before. This was his first start. Uh, Moharami, the uh, new addition to uh, Dinamo Zagreb in Croatia. Kenani, Khalilzadeh, uh, Mohamadi at left back. And then it was Amiri, Norolahi, Hasafi, Khalilzadeh, Azmoun, of course, and Tarami, the latter of which got the goals for 
Iran to, for a 2-1 victory. Uh, it's important to note they did change to a 4-2-3-1 in the second half. Uh, subs that came on, uh, Kabe Razai, uh, Nemati, another newcomer, uh, Samakodos, of course, uh, joining English side uh, Brentford recently, Gaidi, uh, Ali Karimi, and Mohamed Noaf Khan. First, I want to ask about guys, the new goalie who was committing uh, the defense of Nezman. How do we think um, and it's of, of course, it's, it's his debut. We we have a lot of expectations for our goalkeeper just now because we have obviously Abed Zadeh and, and Bayron Van are top top goalkeepers playing in Europe, and we do have expectations that we want to have anyone who's replacing them to come in and do well. But he didn't. He didn't have his best game. That's fair to say. He didn't have a great game. He did make a lot of um, you know silly kind of mistakes with the ball at his feet. Uh, gave the ball away a few times. I think he even made a save that he didn't need to make and hit the post. Uh, yeah, he did make a couple of mistakes, but at the same time, if you look, look back at Bernard Van's career early on in Team Melee, he made a lot of mistakes before the 2018 World Cup, which I think he shined in. Um, before that, he made a lot of mistakes and a lot of criticism was, was put towards Bernard Van. So we need to look at that as well and say, Bernard Van's a young goalkeeper, he needs to give him a lot of time. Abiza did the exact same. He's had a a tough start to his, to his career at Maritimo, being number two, number one, you know, switching in between. So goalkeepers will always have a lot of competition. He has to be given time. But for me, I think Niaz Man's a very good goalkeeper. And, and I think he's, he's, he's deserved his place in the national team. And I'm glad he got a start against Uzbekistan. Yeah, Pejman, he, he's had a lot of maybe experience in the camps with with Team Mali, he's stayed uh, in Iran. He's done well with Sepahani. He's a tall figure, tall frame. Uh, but as, as Arya said, didn't really live up to expectations for this particular game. Did he deserve this start, Bejman? Well, it's always good to let players that usually aren't in the starting lineup or are close to the starting lineup uh, a chance to play in friendlies. So, Benjamin missing was a good opportunity for other uh, goalkeepers. I was actually expecting Abedzade to play, but maybe he was uh, was supposed to play against Mali, which got cancelled. So Niazman made made sense to to try him out. He's done great with Sepahan in the Champions League as well. So uh, and being the first game in his first national team game, it's okay to to. I mean, we understand that uh, he was a bit nervous. Maybe had hadn't his his best game. As Arya put it quite well. Abidzade struggled in Mighty Mo uh, as well as Bayron uh, in the beginning of his national team career. So uh, even if he should make a big mistake in that game, we would all forgive him and understand that, you know, he, when in time he will learn and he will adapt and he will grow and become a better player, a better uh, goalkeeper and more safe. And that, that's what's so hard being a goalkeeper. One single mistake, and you know you're doomed. That's not the same case with you know uh, other positions. So, uh, respect to to Neil Osman, and I, I hope you have a bright future. 
Yeah, I mean, not to bring any negativity or conflict to this conversation, but, you know, I mean, considering he's 25, he's had a number of years of experience in Iran. He's had experience of being in the camps before. Um, I, I thought the domestic players in general could have, you know, I, I feel like they looked, they looked domestic, uh, like they played in Iran. I, I, as for Niazma, I, I in particular, I didn't like his lack of committing presence throughout the game. I thought he dipped too far back in his positioning a lot, which is kind of a common thing that you'd think that goalkeeping uh, coaches would, would correct. But in all honesty, I think considering considering Abedzadeh's low amount of team early starts behind Baron Vaughn and that he's foreign base playing at a higher level right now, considering this is uh, the first game in almost 11 months, remember, I think right off the bat, it would have been more helpful to get things going with him in the starting lineup for this game. Yeah, especially, sorry, Samson, especially since like the rest of the squad was more or less, you know, the, the, the best players, you know, so it was kind of a surprise that Abed Zadeh wasn't the pick. Like, is Kocic, uh, is this a way of saying that uh, Niazmand is, uh, is number two in Iran or how, you know, how should you put it? So... Well, I think uh, you I, said I right, Pejman. I think you said obviously he could have played against Mali, and obviously he has to, he has to give his debut at some point. You know, <laughs> not guaranteed though. His... Not guaranteed with these teams having to back out because of COVID. yeah. But, but he has to give his debut at some point. He has to play at his first national team game, and I think this was a good opportunity for him. And let's not let's just because I don't want to overpose this topic too much. It's it's only one player, but. Niels Mann was coached by Rui Tavares at Sepahan, Portuguese goalkeeping coach, and he really is a well-coached goalkeeper. So, I mean, made mistakes against that team, okay, fine, but he is good, and I think he's, in my opinion, he's better than Mazoheri, for example. He was third choice in that squad, so I'm happy for him to be in the squad, and I think he'll, he'll push Abizadeh and, and um, Beran Van. But especially, guys, because it's the manager's debut and he doesn't have a few crucial players from the AFC uh, Cup in early 2019, uh, which Iran will need for qualifying, especially the fact that, and we'll, get, and we'll touch on this later, especially the fact that I don't think we've really cemented any opponents for sure for the November camp. This is, I don't think Iran is in a, a really special place where they can really have all the cushion to experiment. I don't know if we have that privilege right now. Yeah, I agree. And moving on from that, going into the to analyzing of, of uh, the players again, finished 2-1, not fantastic finishing, I thought. A couple of rusty first few possessions in the offensive third. Asmoon, of course, uh, did find the net in spectacular fashion, although uh, I'm sure a lot of folks at home were not able to view that because of the uh, web uh, streaming issues, but it was a very nice goal. <laughs> سرصدای میاد فکر بله تو درون دروازه قرار گرفته گلی که ما ندیدیم ولی سردار آزمون تونست گل اول ما رو بزنه به تیم میکنه اونجا فرصت داری تیم ایران مهدی تارمی و پنالتی کاری که باید میکرد کرد مهدی تارمی تخصص داره در گرفتن پنالتی واقعا میزننش که مهدی تارمی پشت توب در تقابل با سایانوف خود تارمی مهدی تارمی و توب درون دروازه قرار میگیره مهدی تارمی حساب کارو دو هیچ میکنه به سود تیم ملی فوتبال کشورمون I think so listen we have 
probably the best Iranian offensive players that we have ever had in Iranian football history. We have so many good players that once players like Karim Ansarifad that not so long ago was like the crucial goal scorer or even Reza Kuchanejad, they're not even called up anymore. They're, they're not, you know, uh, we have uh, Sardar Azmun Mehdi Taremi. Those two have been so good in their respective clubs in the domestic leagues that you, you can't put them out. Um, and we have interesting young players as already in uh, Estegal have, have done amazing this season. Young player, you know, his physique, he doesn't look like, a, like much, but, you know, we can say that about Messi as well. Um, and then we have Kavi Rezaoui, and his team uh, teammate, uh, Ali Ghazali, which, in my opinion, was the best Iranian player in that game. All of these players are doing so well at international club level that, you know, we're getting spoiled that we can have players like Kaveh Rezaoui and even Salman Rodu says that it's finally back in the national team and play regular football at club level. We're being spoiled that we are demanding, you know, that these players perform well in the national team as well. And I do believe that Scotches can be that coach that can bring out the best out of these kind of players because Osmoon scored a kind of goal that he does in um, in uh, Zenit, St. Petersburg. And Mehdi Taremi, he's like a penalty specialist. Uh, uh, so they did what they can do very best. And that's really useful because, and this is the last thing I want to say about, about this, because one issue uh, I think I had with uh, a lot of people probably had with Carlos Queiroz was that some players that did well in their clubs didn't necessarily play the same way in the national team. And that's, of course, because it's two different teams and two different coaches and the way of playing, but you couldn't see the best of some of some of the players under Carlos Queiroz because you have to play against different kind of tactics. But here, hopefully, we can see the, the type of player that Salar Osmoon is in Senate, we can see that type of player in, in the natural team as well. And as uh, Mehdi Tarmi as well, and a lot of other players in uh, in Europe, such as Oli uh, Zadeh, which in my opinion should be the first player called up for every starting lineup now until the World Cup. Yeah, it's a great feeling when you know that you have a solid attacking midfielder in Kolezadeh. You have the leading scorer in Russia in Asmund. You have the leading score, uh, reigning leading scorer in Portugal from Tarami. And uh, Jahan Bach, who was leading, one of the leading scorers in Netherlands and is still struggling for that spot uh, with Brighton. He, and the re- reason why he did not play uh, is that he got an injury in training. Uh, Ari, how much of that will you agree? Yeah, um, look, the attack is, is brilliant. Pejman summed up really well. The attack is brilliant. We have so many players, um, even in the periphery, not just Kaiman Sarifar and, and Ali Ali Poor, even. We have more, you know, Mohan Luz going to Europe now as well. And you've got, um, you know, all these players that are, are you know, Zahedi, uh, Sayad Manesh has got a transfer to Ukraine. So there's so many players that are moving to U- big European leagues. Uh, it's good. But at the same time, uh, the the formation that he played, I'm going to speak about is the most important point. Is he played a a diamond midfield 
which we'll get on to. But he played a diamond midfield with a, a front two of Osmond and Taremi, who looked, looked good for, for the for the majority of the first half, looked quite good with them two up front. A lot of rotation between between them with, with points of the kind of playing as number 10. The, the biggest issue I have with a, a diamond midfielder or a 4-3-1-2, as it's called, is you have to the fullbacks have to work unbelievably hard in a diamond formation because they're the ones providing the width. The shuttling midfielders on either side, this time it was it was Aimeri and Haitaf, you have to work extremely hard to support the attack, but they also have to track back and help the fullbacks out. So there's a lot of work that goes in on the flanking players in that formation that I just don't feel like in a against a bigger team we have the the capacity to, to play that kind of formation. But it was good for him to try it out because he even said in his press conference, like, we have to, we need to try these formations. You know, we can't just go with a mentality that we're always going to play a 4-2-3-1 four, four, because end of the day, it might not work. And someone like might get injured and we need to change formation. So it was good that he tried it. It worked well in the first half. So that was a, a positive. It actually worked well. We scored two goals. And sorry, did we score two goals? Or we scored one goal? I think he scored one goal in uh, the first half. Yeah, one goal, but it was oh, yeah. a lot of chances created. A lot of chances created. Osman had, a, I think, he had one chance in, in, in the start of the game that he missed. So it was nice. It was nice, nice that it worked. But as I said, against bigger teams, a diamond midfield is a very demanding formation. You know, you had teams like AC Milan played it with Gattuso and Seedorf playing with Pirlo. You know, th- that's the kind of players you want. Players who work. You know, really hard. Not people like Hai Safi and Amiri, who, who, in my opinion, Amiri's kind of lost his his energy. That's why he's playing up. He's playing up front for Paris Police. You know, um, Hai Safi just looked really poor. But we'll get onto that. So yeah, it, it worked. It worked. Yeah, I, I did want to say, uh, and we're gonna c- kind of combine with 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 the, the midfield performance as well. I thought, uh, as you guys alluded to, Holizade had a great presence, great technicalities. Uh, he seemed to be really, at times, I thought the only fit midfield player keeping possession, say, for a couple times. A bit unfortunate, uh, his teammate uh, Rezae didn't get that many touches when he came in. Um, You you almost think that Asmoon could have used a couple of warm-up shots before the game, uh, missing up that opportunity on that uh, goalie blooper outside the box. Obviously made up for it with that goal later on there is uh incredible through ball in the second half to tara me and uh which uh for some reason it looked like he hesitated shot right to the goalie not something you expect from leading a score in portugal against uzbekistan uh in the second half of a game and and by the way those through balls that uh in that chance need to happen way more often i think tara me was in a great pos- position to receive the ball only, of course, his body language seemed surprised to get it, hence the less-than-stellar finish. And again, this is nitpicking from what we have of the first game in almost a year, which is what we here at Golbizan do best, is have to nitpick off of, off of a game or two. And then seeing the big picture, of course. Um, guys, I want to get your take on this. I, I did not like the lack of overall possession. They It, it, it seemed a lot of times they treated – a uh, kind of a mediocre Uzbek lineup like they were playing, I don't know, Japan's A-team or a mid-level UEFA country or something. That goal, by the way, was lazily defended. You can't play kind of a kind of a zone presence without any physicality at the top or inside of the penalty box. I didn't think Niazman was positioned particularly well for that goal. 
Um, I didn't think the lineup had the best rhythm, and they seemed evidently experimental to you know to get the experience. But what's your take on those? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're speaking about the, mid- the midfield, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the midfield yeah. and overall sync. You know, transitioning. Okay. They would lose the ball often, having to transition back to defense yeah. in a hurry. Well, just on your point on the goal, and I'll, I'll let, I'll let Pejman speak as well because I know he's got a lot to say about this, but. We consider the goal that, in my opinion, you, I would personally, as a big critic of Khalid Zadeh, love to criticise him for that, but I don't think it was his fault. I think if you were to blame someone, I think you would really, really put the blame on the midfielders, um, especially Haisafi and Amiri, who just did not look like they wanted to work for this team. No offence to them, because, look, let's be honest, they're in their 30s now, and they're still playing in the they're playing in the Persian Gulf Pro League. They don't have to be, uh, you know, running 13 kilometers a game. But at the same time, we want players who can do that. And they didn't work. They didn't track back. They didn't help the defense out. And that's why we conceded the goal. And I think that that kind of goal will be conceded many more times against bigger teams. And I think if that doesn't that doesn't get sorted out, it could be a real issue for us. So we need to get new midfielders in. New midfielders in that will do that for us. He'll work hard and, and support the defence. Um, but yeah, I want to get Pejman's thoughts on it. Well, I think we're underestimating Uzbekistan, to be honest. Um, I think they played a good game. They were really close to score a goal, as we mentioned before, hitting the post. Um, they, Although Iran had a really strong team, Iran have always struggled against Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan is, is a tough team they even beat us on Azadi stadium if you guys remember so uh, winning against Uzbekistan is a good thing although it's a friendly but uh, I think we should praise uh, Uzbekistan for their hard work and uh, they didn't uh, uh, make it easy for Iran Iran was efficient and Osmond, you know, he got a couple of chances and finally was able to score one of those. And that's because he is that good now. Uh, and that's what's so important with Iran. We have good, so good players that can create something on their own or uh, so smart players as in Qorizadeh that can make crucial passes or such good uh, defenders that can, you know... Uh, uh, help help the team uh, when they're struggling. So uh, this is more like a general answer than 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 the goal itself. I do believe that sure uh, we can always find a, a couple of people to blame. Maybe even Niazman could have done something different. But uh, at the after 90 minutes, I do believe that Uzbekistan they earned that goal. Uh, a draw wouldn't necessarily be that bad either. And it's a friendly, it is what it is, you know, the substitutions and, you know, uh, the the lack of training, you know, like the, maybe one of the reasons Ahmed Zadeh didn't play was like, I think he had one training session or something like that before the game. That's that's pretty hard. Uh, and the newest man, he had already been in a couple of training sessions with the, with the team, with all the players from the Iranian team, had the time to prepare themselves in Tehran before uh, going to Uzbekistan. So uh, we should not forget 
those kind of questions. All in all, respect to Uzbekistan. I always think that those games are, are interesting. One, one thing I want to make sure that we do cover, guys, is the analysis of uh, the defenders. Uh, several of them kind of uh, newer faces in terms of uh, Team Malik Caps. Um, I mean, was it the right uh, execution, uh, all four of them together? Um, a mix of domestic guys and foreign-based uh, players on the wing. Uh, how do we think they did? For me, for me, Muharami was brilliant. I thought he was he was fantastic in the in the part that he played in the game. In the first half, he got forward really well. He linked up with Porizade fantastically well. Um, created a lot of issues um, on the right, and especially in a formation where, he, like I say, it demands a lot from a fullback. He did offer that demand. Um, you know, he, he worked really hard. Milad Muhammad he did his job. He worked defensively very solid. Didn't get forward too much, but he still got enough to 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 cause some issues. But he did really well. Um, the two pairing at the back was Kanoni and Khayel Zadu, who did well for for the majority of the game. Uh, in my opinion, Kanoni uh, looked a little bit shaky at some some moments in the game. He he gave the ball away a few times. He he sometimes he makes good passes especially over the top, but sometimes he just makes a bit, a few aimless passes into the, into no man's land, which just go to nowhere. And it, it does um, kind of ruin the rhythm of the, of the team. He isn't, he isn't a bad player, Kanoni. I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he, we need to rely on Kanoni to be a starting centre-back for the national team, which he kind of has become over the last couple of months, he, or, or the last couple of games at least. He's kind of become a, a starting player, which I don't think is the right decision, personally. Um, Khalid Zadeh is a good defender. I've always I've always said this before. I've, I've never criticised Khalid Zadeh on his defensive ability. I think he's a good defender, good pace, very good passer of the ball, uh, can play on both sides, can even play as a fullback. But he does have that that switch that you know you never know when it's going to be turned on. Um, but he didn't turn it on this game, so that was good. Um, and he was he was even given the captain's armband, so that was nice to see. But I think we need to see somebody like Majid Hosseini come back into the squad, get his form back at Trabzonspor, playing regularly and, and making it back into the lineup. Obviously, Prali Ganji as well at some point when he gets fit. Um, and obviously, uh, put us on our Twitter a few a few weeks uh, a few days ago actually that Iman Salimi is going to go to Europe as well. So that's another option that we have in in that position. I do want to ask this, guys. Should there not be a sense of urgency right now, considering the state of in the in the table for World Cup qualifying? Because that is yeah. that is ultimately what matters most. So, is there with this lineup what we saw, the performance, all in all, that that considering what you said, Pejman, should there not be a sense of urgency then? As the Iranian football fans, this is our our regular status. We're used to to this although we had a good session with k roshan you know uh, uh, we had two big losses in the world cup qualifiers against iraq and bahrain have put iran in a, in a tough spot but i am 100 percent convinced that not only will iran advance to the second stage or the third stage to be honest uh, uh, iran will win the group as well although we have uh, two big losses coming from two big losses we should not remember uh, not forget that the pandemic is driving is uh, is uh, something that's happened to 
all the players, all the countries in the world. So Iran is no different in that. So why shouldn't like uh, Iraq or Bahrain uh, feel the pressure as well? They hadn't had any good, good time to practice, to train, to play against stronger opponents. The same is with Iran. But the good thing with Iran is that Iran have a lot of European-based players that play against a lot of better players than the Iraqis and the Bahrainis does. And that can be the crucial factor for Iran to win the group. Well, that will be the, the, the crucial factor. What, what do you say about that, Arya? Yeah, uh, look, I, I think... I don't want to rush to the staff. The staff are doing their job well. They did a good camp. Um, Wai Hashimian did an interview with the Iran Football Federation Instagram account, and you know he was just saying that you know give us time. You know we have to work. We have to work hard. You know, he, not not trying to put words in his mouth, but you know alluding to the fact that you know we had a pretty poor preparation on the well on the well mots. We didn't do much analysis. Yeah, he did say that before himself that we didn't analyze the games enough and you know that's what happens you lose games if you don't analyze the team so I think now we with this staff uh, we've got we can be a bit more optimistic about how we approach the games in, in the future what uh, what lineups should we be expecting to see uh, given this Uzbekistan game and remember we have November uh, we have a November camp coming up next month um, Arya, I want to ask you, uh, what what kind of players should we expect to that, and should we expect any friendlies for that? Yeah, the November camp, uh, we should have two friendlies. Pejman, um, do you want to do you want to chime in? We'll stop this part here. What are you gonna What do you want to say, Pejman? I don't want to say anything. I just want to oh, just okay. to see my my beautiful face when you're talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that's motivation for me then. I'll try and get my words a little bit more. Colourful. Yeah, look, we should have two friendlies prepared for November, 100%. You know, that, that's a, a minimum now, I think, expectation for the, for the Federation that we prepare our national team the correct way. We, we have two friendlies set up for each, each um, camp, uh, for each international break. That's obviously a big ask for sometimes for them, but we have, to, we have to expect this now. We have to do it all the time. And the national team deserve it. We've said this a million times to national team players. One hundred percent deserve, you know, the the correct preparation from the from the federation. You know, they deserve it. They've they've worked so hard to develop themselves to move to European clubs. You know, they've done all all these things, and they do deserve it. So I hope that does happen. It will be as usual. We will probably play Syria or Iraq. Or like. Well, I think uh, Mali, when they, when they posted their initial uh, cancellation of the match, they actually didn't say cancellation. They said the match is going to be adjourned, which obviously means that it could be um, returned back. It could be done in a later, later date. So it might happen again. It might get Mali. And, yeah. and obviously the Ghana Federation were, were present in the Turkey camp and they actually spoke to the... Um, head of the, the, the general secretary of the, of the IFF, um, Mr. Mohamed Nabi. So, some Ghana friendly is also on the on the cards. Yeah, sure, but you know this is Iran, so it will probably be like Benin or Chad or 
Nigeria, not Nigeria, Nigeria. It will be one of these these countries in Africa that doesn't play any football. You know, that, yeah. that's what we use. Kenya, not. maybe. <laughs> Madagascar. About about Kenya also. That do you guys remember when Iran played Kenya way back? I don't know, but like it was the time I think Ali Dai played, or we had at least the Dai shirts. Yeah, the Kenyan players actually forgot their shirts or something like that. So. Uh, Iran had to, or the Dai company that was the sponsors back then, uh, immediately uh, printed some of their, uh, their their shirts in Iran. So, you know, we have federations worse than Iran. To our uh, fans and listeners, we want to know your comments on from this uh, conversation, uh, the lineup you want to see. If uh, you're listening to this on any of our platforms, on Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes, please subscribe and give us a review. We appreciate any and all feedback on there or on social medias, as uh, we always uh, are sure to update our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Telegram, wherever you may live. So uh, we really appreciate uh, you tuning in and uh, we want to hear from you or any thoughts, any suggestions on what Iran should be doing going forward as they try to eventually climb back into a prime spot for qualifying for Qatar 2022. And we have plenty of content to provide you as we will be sure to update everyone on social media as well. Thanks for listening. We will see you very soon on Golbizan. Hi, it's Dr. Craig Duncan, and you're listening to the Gold Bazaar Podcast.